0: You know, in Shanghai, they stare. They definitely do stare. Mm. But they don't stare at you that much. You know, initially, I s like in Beijing. In Beijing, they will stare you down. Mm-hmm. That did take some getting used to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am a huge introvert. You know, I just want to kind of like stay in my own little comfy little bubble. Mm-hmm. And somebody staring at me bursts my bubble because, like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a, hey, I'm looking at you, the person.
2: Yeah. Feel now exposed. you have to acknowledge
0: that. Eighty percent of it didn't feel malicious at all, right? Mm, right. How I how I kind of thought of it was like seeing a black person in China, particularly again outside of like more touristy parts of Shanghai.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's kind of like seeing seeing an elephant in the hood. You know, it's <laughs> like you've always heard of them. You know, they exist somewhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but now here's one right outside of your favorite restaurant. You're probably going to stare, but also I'm not I'm not a f an elephant. You know, I'm a human.
1: Right. So
2: hello hello welcome to young gifted and abroad perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color my name is danielle and i'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today i have my friend patrick as the guest but before i tell you about patrick i do want to say rest in peace to the eight people who were murdered at spas in Atlanta last week, six of whom were Asian women. I know a lot of people are frustrated and grieving right now, especially in relation to the fact that anti-Asian sentiment and anti-Asian violence have been an unignorable part of American history, but have especially been mounting for over a year now, uh, what with the pandemic and people targeting and blaming Asian people for the coronavirus. And so I'm obviously not an expert on this matter, but I figured that I would point to some names that I thought would be helpful. So first off, Min Jin Lee is, she's one of my favorite authors. She wrote Pachinko and Free Food for Millionaires. She's also Korean American. And so she's been posting a lot on Instagram and Twitter, processing her own grief, of course, and also speaking out in her own way and sharing articles, resources, information about uh, not only what all this means, but also uh, how people can get involved in the cause to stop Asian hate. I'm sure you've been seeing that hashtag going around a lot lately. Um, so there's one, Min Jin Lee. Another name I've seen floating around a lot is Asian Americans Advancing Justice or AAAJ, and especially AAAJ Atlanta. Um, it's a legal advocacy nonprofit, a civil rights advocacy nonprofit um, that has been really active, not only in terms of collecting donations for the bereaved, you know the families of the victims, uh, but they've also been putting out action steps that people can take. And another name I've seen floating around is Red Canary Song, which advocates for justice and workers' rights for Asian sex workers and Asian migrants more generally. And again, similarly to Asian Americans Advancing Justice, they've been putting out a lot of vital information about what Asian communities have been dealing with and the cause that they are fighting for and how people can help. So those are the main three names that I thought to mention today. Hopefully they can be a starting point to whoever's listening who wants to uh, know how to support Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in this country, um, especially during this really fraught time. So... All right, on to Patrick. So Patrick is currently living in Berlin. He's pursuing a master's degree there, but he's originally from Chicago and started traveling internationally in high school when he went on a trip with his French class to France. <laughs> and um, then in college, he was accepted into a program that really incentivized him Studying Mandarin, which he had already started doing in high school. Um, but they also paid for him to go to Shanghai twice once for a week long uh, program, like a spring break trip, and then again for an entire semester. So we talked a lot about Shanghai and what all Patrick was doing there, what some of his motivations were for going to China, and also how living in Shanghai for the time that he did really helped him embrace himself. So yeah, that was a good chunk of our conversation. Uh, But then also we talked about some of his other travels. Uh, He's been, besides Shanghai, he has been to many other places within China. And he even, at some point, uh, eventually when he was out in the world working and whatnot, he decided to quit his job and and he traveled the world for over a year. Uh, So that was something we had to talk about, of course, (laughs) Um, and and talk a bit about how that went. So this was a really fun, I feel like I say that all the time, every interview I do for the show is is fun, which is true, Um, but uh, for some reason, I guess maybe I just had the giggles or something, but I found myself laughing a lot during this interview and uh, really appreciated Patrick's openness and his sense of humor and also his plethora of pop culture references which i think (laughs) did an excellent job (laughs) of illustrating the points that he made during our conversation and you also get to hear about what he's studying in germany and what he might want to do after that so lots of good stuff in this interview i hope you enjoy it as much as i enjoyed recording it (laughs) and so without further ado sit back relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Patrick Easley. It's very nice to meet you.
0: Likewise, likewise. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I I appreciate your uh, interest in being on this podcast and agreeing to be a guest. Um, especially since I kind of reached out to you out of the blue. But uh, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be great. So,
0: Honestly, I do too, and I appreciate you for reaching out. It's a pandemic, and I assure you, I have nothing else going on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I can help you, you know, have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I can help. Okay, Thank so uh, why don't we go ahead and get started with you introducing yourself a bit, if you don't mind.
0: Sure. So, my name is Patrick Easley. I am 27 years old from the darling city of Chicago, and I am, I should i should say I'm a former traveler. So, overall, I think in my life I've been to about 40 countries and five continents.
2: Oh, wow. it's amazing. But
0: that started with me studying abroad, at least, I studied abroad twice. I did once in France when I was in high school. That's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But then I did it for five months, and I lived in Shanghai, China. And that was that was a really good time.
2: Man, okay, yeah, because I knew about uh, Shanghai. That's, you know, what we're uh, mostly here to talk about. I didn't know that you had gone to France. Um, because mean. normally I ask that, you know, you know, you went to this place, but was that your first time going abroad? So you would went to France previously. Was France your first time going, like studying or traveling internationally? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we don't have to dwell on it, but I mean, how how was that, you know, going somewhere for the first time, out of the country for the first time in high school and going to France? How was that?
0: It was really good. So basically, I taken French. I was a junior when I went, so I'd taken French for two and a half years at that point. Mm. And then my French teacher basically told the class, hey, if you all want to have an exchange program, you know, here are the chocolates. Go out there and sell them. Mm. You got to raise $2,000 <laughs> by by February 1st. And so I was one of those kids on a train in Chicago, you know, selling those world's finest chocolates. But yeah. I, like a lot of those kids, I actually was raising money for something in real life mm. <laughs> and yeah so it was a good time yeah you know initially my parents were on the fence about it but you know they they came around and so I studied abroad only for like two three weeks hmm. in a city called Montauban hmm. in the south of France near Toulouse Wow.
1: and okay. you know
0: When people hear the south of France, they think of like Riviera. This is not what that was. (laughs) But it was a good time though. It was a good time. I learned a lot of French, learned about myself, learned a lot of cultural whatnots. Yeah. It was a good time.
2: Nice. All right. So you went to France and that was cool. And then you ended up going to China. So how did that come about?
0: Yeah. So my senior year of. Should I think how quickly can I explain this? It's, it's about a five-minute story. Okay. It's
2: all right. You can take your time if you want. <laughs> okay.
0: So my senior year of... Well, take that back. My junior year of high school, um, I was picking classes for my senior year. And my GPA, was it wasn't the worst. But, you know, i taken the ACT a few times, and that score just did not want to do right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what I said was, okay... My class, had just not class, my school has just started offering Chinese. So I said, if I take Mandarin and if I take French at the same time, that should at least make me stand out. Hmm. So I did that. And then how I basically targeted myself at colleges was I said, hey, I'm black. I'm from the hood. I speak Mandarin and I speak Chinese. French, excuse me, Mandarin and I speak French. And somebody accepted me. Under the condition that I'd be a part of their like flagship Chinese campus program. Hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, yes. So, <laughs> so I ended up going to WashU in St. Louis. Oh, okay. And then I took Mandarin my freshman year. In hindsight, it was a mess, but it worked out for well. me. <laughs> so I know. So I took Mandarin my freshman year and mm-hmm. then during freshman year, they said, does anyone want to go to China during spring break, right? Hmm. And I said, I'll go after I pay for it. And if you can believe it, the school said, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was
0: like, well, this is just a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So, yeah, so I went to China um, during spring break. And I really, really liked it with the Shanghai um, Washu had just opened up a campus, well, a quote unquote campus. They don't live for office. But <laughs> they opened up a campus in <laughs> um in Shanghai. And so I went there and you know, this this is where the story gets kinda like um I've been told in hindsight it gets kind of crazy. Mm. So basically I studied abroad first semester of my sophomore year, mm. mainly because I was running from being gay.
1: Oh man.
0: And it it was like I I just needed somewhere else to be to like escape those thoughts, and so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to China, <laughs> and
2: oh, wow. surely
0: enough, the next semester I was in Shanghai.
2: Oh my gosh! Well, I, first of all, I'm sorry that you felt you know that you had to escape just to know. you know.
0: Um in hindsight, right? Like yeah. 10 years later, I'm <laughs> like, "Come on, Pat you're being dramatic."
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know college is like a formative time and and a lot of people are coming to terms with like their sexuality during that time and, you know, I don't know your personal history or your background. I don't know if you had supportive people around you or not, but mm-hmm. you know, the, I I can understand that feeling, uh, but you know, not everyone gets to just like <laughs> skip the I'll country to, <laughs> to get away from that. <laughs> so I'm glad you had an outlet. I would just I feel I'm <laughs> sorry that you felt that you needed to do that. <laughs>
0: it's for fine. That I appreciate it. No need to apologize.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So wow. Okay. So you went to Shanghai. So you the first time was for a week, and then the next time was for five months. Is that how it happened? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, let me backtrack. So you so you were part of this flagship Chinese program at the the university. Did that require? I mean, I, I'm assuming that required you to study Mandarin. That did that also require you to study in China at some point?
0: Yeah. So my major was international development. Well, I think it was international area study. Something like I actually don't remember my major. But um, <laughs> the major required that I study abroad at least once, okay. or it heavily. Um, what is it? It heavily suggested that I do so. Okay. And so as it worked out, you know, taking classes for my major also helped me get a, a minor in Chinese anyway. Mm. And I knew that I wanted to be done with my Chinese minor by the end of my sophomore year. And so I said, okay, let me just go ahead and get it all done.
2: Okay. That makes sense. And so that first time you went for, for spring break, uh, you know, how did... How did that go? I know like, you were kind of motivated to, like, escape, but, you know... GTFO? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as far as, you know, your first time going to China, and, and I don't know, how how was that?
0: So, I told my parents that I wanted to go to China for spring break. Hmm. They said, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. And, you know, I've always been... um. I don't want, I don't want my, I don't want my mom to hear that and think I'm just, I'm talking bad about it. Um, you know, I've always been a bit of a rebellious kid.
1: Okay. <laughs> and
0: so it's like, this is, this is going to sound terrible. What I would tell folks, like, what I would tell my father, particularly, is the worst you can do is hit me. Mm. And oh no, <laughs> I know, right? Isn't it terrible? Like, a, like in hindsight, but I was like, and I was like, and if you're not going to do that, then of course I'm going. So I went. Oh. Um, the school paid for it. School paid for the flight. It was only for a week. Hmm. School paid for the hotel. And it was unlike anything I had ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. So to put into perspective, Shanghai, I think the Shanghai city proper is the largest city proper in the world. Don't quote me on this. I think it has like 25, 30 million people. Oh, my. And, you know, Chicago, Chicago's a big city, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been in New York, you know, but nothing. I think nothing could have prepared me for the vastness of Shanghai, China. Hmm. It was just so many people, so many skyscrapers, you know, so many, so much, so much infrastructure, you know, so many things happening. And, you know, it was for the first day or so, it was a bit jarring because I was like, man, I'm in China. like <laughs> China. China. <laughs> You know,
1: uh-huh.
0: and so yeah, and so I went went with the program. It was a really good, really good time. Um, we, you know, traveled around the city. You know, we studied a bit of the city's history for for some of our classes, and we went to a city called Suzhou, which is like a river city ish, or at least they're tourist section is. Mm. And it was it was a great time. It was a really really good time.
2: Okay, do you remember like what the what the theme or the focus of that one week program was supposed to be like the purpose of that, of that trip.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let me, uh, and the thing is right at, at the time it was such a big deal. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. things, I don't, I don't want any, any young folks listening to the, young folks. I'm 27. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> one, <You're> not. <laughs> I don't want any young folks listening to this and say, man, I guess I'm got to pay attention. Do please pay attention. <laughs> um, I think it was China in the global context, I think that was the theme that was the mission but like I said I honestly honestly don't recall
2: it's all right <laughs> that's okay <laughs> I mean it was only a week anyway but I I was just curious because it's like okay this is a spring break trip in China I don't know like it takes you a lot of time to get there I would assume and then you have a week to I guess achieve some sort of purpose since it is a program after all so that's that's the only reason why I asked because I was curious about how that went. So, I wish I could help. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so even with you being from a, a big city like Chicago, you were kind of, well, I don't know. Was it overwhelming or was it more so exhilarating oh, to be in a, a mega city like Shanghai?
0: So it was overwhelming and it was exhilarating but then you know I had to um, keep my bravado up, you know, keep keep my keep my swag about me. So you know, well, no, because a lot of the other folks from the program, you know, they're from smaller suburbs, smaller uh, cities.
2: Yeah, I see.
1: And so
0: to them, I'm the city guy, and so you know, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't let them see, you no, know, let them see me sweat, oh. you know, up there. <laughs> but no, it was, like I said, I know I keep saying it, it was so vast. Yeah. You know you look in one direction, skyscrapers as far as the eye can see. Mm. other directions, same thing. And it, and it was also, you know they were all they were all Chinese. Mm. And so like unlike New York or Chicago, you walk around downtown, mm. you see all the different types of people. you know you associate big cities with like phenotypical diversity, right mm-hmm. And unlike with Shanghai, one they're all Chinese. Then you see like phenotypical you know, diversity within the Chinese population. In a way that I I don't think I noticed before, Mm -hmm. or at least like not that acutely, and so that was that was really cool too, you know. Mm -hmm. It just like so many people, but just one country, you know. It was it it blew my mind.
2: Yeah, I I can imagine. I mean, because doesn't China itself have like is it like a fifth of the world's population? Uh, A fifth of the world's
0: population,
2: which I can't. Like I I, I I read that and I understand it, but conceptually like I can't <laughs> I can't really process it being in a country a that a lot that of powers. people. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, so that really must have been an experience and then, you know, you felt like you had to keep up a good front or keep a good face about you and be the city guy that everyone was hoping <laughs> you to be <laughs> to so- help them through this experience. <laughs>
0: One of, our, one of our professors, he did this thing. I mean, Which, in hindsight, I'm extremely grateful that he did it. Mm. He did this thing where he took us to this random part of Shanghai. Mm. He made sure that, like, under some pretense, he took, like, three-fourths of our um, cell phones and our wallets. He was like, yeah, let me hold them. He proceeded to get in a taxi, throw us an envelope with, like, a, um, an address, and said, be here in an hour. Oh. No, 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 be here in two hours. Okay. And the guys behind that was... Get on the train, get on a bus, and figure out use your use your Chinese skills to get to this very easy location. Mm. You know, I mean I was up for it. I was I was like <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, yeah. if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it. Yeah. And so it, so even so even that, that was like an adventure because you know, some people had never taken public transportation before. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like I said, being in Chicago, you know, we have the L. But, like, in terms of, like, pure volume of people, you know, the L ain't got nothing on Shanghai's metro system. Mm. And so, you know, if you're trying to get from one train to the next transit stop, and then, you know, the guy from a suburb of, like, 10,000 people outside of Cincinnati, he's intimidated by trains. So you have to, like, push him into the train without trying to make sure that you don't get pushed out of the way by the commuters. Mm. And so we're just like... In hindsight, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great learning experience. Like yeah. literally seek a swim, you know, sink or swim.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. I'm glad you were able to approach it with an adventure as an adventure and didn't have to. But well, I don't know. I guess that's, you know, I guess by virtue of you coming from a, a city experience that you kind of were just like, okay. Yeah. Like I can take on this challenge and, and see how it goes. Since it was a spring break trip, I don't know if, if y'all also were. I don't know, trying to party or I don't know if i when I think of spring break in college, that's like the stereotype right? It's time to f- go somewhere and and just like have a good time. So I don't know if that was also part of what you were seeking to get out of that of that trip or
0: Honestly, we didn't do anything like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can't say, look, at least we didn't go out, right? So March in China, it's still pretty cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Shanghai, Shanghai is further south than Chicago, but like, I guess because of where the ocean currents work, it was only in like the 40s and the 50s. Mm. But they don't have a drinking age. So mm. we did like, China has this, have this liquor called Baijiu, which is like their equivalent of vodka, but it's so much worse. Oh, and <laughs> so I, I, to this day, I don't know what probably made out of rice, you know, knowing I'm um, knowing, knowing how to eat, uh-huh. but like it is, it is strong. And so, you know, honestly, up until that point, I wasn't a big drinker, you know, I didn't drink that much. And, um, in high school, you know, I, I was a little church boy. So I got to college, obviously folks drank, but you know, I wasn't throwing them back like that for real, for real. And, you know, we got, we got some by Joe, I took two shots. I proceeded to upchuck all the food that I ate at our oh, nice little, nice no. little establishment, and I said, "Baby, this this is when you learn your lesson." And I said, "Okay." So now, honestly, we didn't we didn't party that much.
2: Okay, we didn't. All right. I'm also curious. I don't know if like, well, because how how long did it take you to get there at first? Like to get from um, Washu to to Shanghai. How long did that take?
0: Yeah. So Washu. So from St. Louis to Chicago is like an hour flight. And then from Chicago to Shanghai, I think that's like actually I don't let's let's say like thirteen hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. And then I guess I'm just thinking because you only had a week's time, so I'm just wondering how if you even had time to get your bearings because you had to fly all this way, and then did you just hit the ground running, and then
0: pretty much. Okay. So we stayed at um. We stayed in hindsight. It, 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 was, it was clearly like a cheap motel. But, like, you know, it was free, so I, 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 I wasn't complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we stayed near the University of Fudan, or Fudan University. Literally, I kid you not, we got in in the afternoon. We dropped our stuff off. We had dinner. Mm-hmm. And on the plane ride over, they told us we couldn't go to sleep. So we went up. We were all exhausted. Mm-hmm. We had dinner that night. That was my first time really doing the whole, like, lazy Susan thing like rotation-style Chinese communal dinner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me being too polite almost to get no food. Because, you know, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to wait. Everyone's going to take their turns. Absolutely not. (laughs) So, you know, but like the plus side of that whole like shebang was, you know, there wasn't that much jet lag. At least there was was diminished jet lag Mm -hmm. because we didn't sleep on a plane ride over yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I figured that's probably why they were telling you not to do that. Yeah. So kind of like a whirlwind week of being in, in Shanghai and, and how did you feel about, you know, using your, your Mandarin skills in that context? How do you f- feel like you
0: did? I did. I think I did. Okay. So at that point I was going on my second year of Mandarin. You know, my accent was atrocious, but like at its, um, at a bare minimum, I could do, you know, the basic stuff. I could ask for some, ask for some water, you know, ask for the waitress, mm. get directions, yada yada yada. And so, I, I think, overarchingly, I did pretty okay.
2: All right, well, that's, that's good to know. And, and then, so that was a week, right? And then you went yeah. again for five months.
0: Yeah. Was that also
2: time. in university? Yes. Okay.
0: So it was literally like four months later.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> So, I mean, what was your motivation for going on that trip?
0: So, do you recall a TV show um, back back when we were kids called Sagwa?
1: No. It was a,
0: it was a cat. Okay.
1: Oh, so, basically.
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. So, Sagwa was this cat that came on PBS. And it was this, like, Chinese-Siamese cat that was, like, based in, like, the Qing dynasty. Hmm. And so, to be honest with you, that was, like, my very... Um, first foray into, like, Chinese anything okay. outside of um Chinese food, basically. Mm. And so, like, even outside of me wanting to go to China, even outside of me, like, running for my sexuality, even outside of me just being bored in college, you know, I kind of wanted to, like, this is going to sound crazy. I kind of wanted to feel like Sabwa the cat. Oh. and <laughs> I know. So that was, pre- that was pretty much it. Me studying abroad at that time felt like it checked off a lot of boxes. Mm. It just seemed like the best time to do it.
2: Yeah, and and you didn't have any hesitation about being gone for so long, or or was that also part of you trying to to run away? Like, was this another way to escape during that time?
0: It was it was a way to escape. I'll be I'll be completely yeah. honest with you. But then I'll even go one step further. Like I said, my parents did not want me to go. That mm-hmm. that was that was that was it. That was that was the it in a, in, a, in a handbag. My father, if you can believe, it, actually hid my passport. Oh no. And, I know it was wasn't it terrible, and <laughs> well, I, well, how it worked out was you know I just went and um if, if Washu's was listening you know don't let them hear it so I went to Washu I had I had a partial scholarship right mm-hmm. but like the way the scholarship worked out was that they would pay for anything travel related so I, I just went and got another one charged it I, found, I figured out a way of charging it to my student account at the university and the university just paid it off. That's kind of like an you to my parents, (laughs) and I know. Then outside of that, honestly, to be to be completely blunt with you, it didn't really feel like I was doing anything special.
1: Huh? Okay.
0: You You know, it kind of just felt like, "Hey, yo, Pat, where you going? I'm going to China." And people go, "Oh, time? Wow, China!" I go, "Yep, China." And but like, it, it it didn't feel like a like a big to do.
2: Is that because you had already gotten used to traveling at that point, or why did it not feel like a, a big deal? Or a special I think thing?
0: I think that was it. You know, at that point, I'd already been to Europe. I'd been to China. Excuse me, been to Shanghai. And you know, going back, like in hindsight, you know, I was living—I was living by myself, not by myself—but I was living alone in this big city. I was nineteen. Hmm. It truly didn't hit me what I was doing, honestly. Now, I wish I could say that I planned better. It was more like someone said, do you want to go to China for free for a semester? And I said, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Literally, I can't fathom why the answer would be no. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, And that was it. Well, I mean, I feel like it's almost better that way because you didn't give yourself time to, I guess, think yourself out of it or, you know.
0: I can't say like the whole process Of me deciding, of them asking me to go. Yeah. Of me deciding to go and then of me signing the paper to go. It happened in like, I kid you not, like a month and a half. Oh, wow. So you were ready to
2: just get out of here.
0: (laughs) I was like, I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Why not?
2: Okay. So you were in Shanghai for five months this time. Yes. Um, Was that like a program that had a particular theme or was it like, Language and culture related or?
0: So that program was totally different than the program I did when I went to, um, during spring break. So like I said, WashU had just opened up its own campus on the university in Shanghai, right? As Mm. a part of their Chinese push. So as as they called it, you know, I'm about to be real on PC here. And, (laughs) you know, I feel like they needed a nice Negro boy to be in the pictures in Shanghai. I mean, honestly, it, 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 I didn't take it as a large offense. Uh-huh. Honestly, it was like, well, look, if I got, I'm still going to shank out for free. And so like, and I did feel like, you know, they, they were, they were pushing me to go. I was like, look, if, if they're going to use me for this, then I might as well Get go to China. Habit. Go to China. Yeah.
2: You yeah. know? I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like if they're going to use you for like. The promotional material to show be how you the diversity they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. you might as well get something out of it um and you know not have to worry about paying for it or, or anything either so man that's me i can't even <laughs> i wish i could say i was really surprised but i am i'm not i'm, I'm sorry you got used like that but <laughs> honestly like,
0: as, as terrible as this is gonna sound mm-hmm. you know i feel like folks get used for many things many type of ways yeah yada 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 you know i got to go to china off it.
2: right so and I had, I had a good time i had a, I had a
0: really good time mm-hmm. okay. so you know i ain't, I ain't complaining mm-hmm. i'm just talking
2: Yes. <laughs> <I feel you. laughs> so, um, so then how did you spend your time, you know, during this semester in Shanghai? Like, were you in class a lot or were you, like, exploring a lot? You know, how did you spend your days?
0: Basically, I didn't. Class, class was easy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think most people who study abroad are mm-hmm. tell you classes outside of the U.S., Tend to be on the less stressed, on the less stressful side. Excuse mm. me. And so you know, I took maybe like four classes. They weren't, they weren't hard, right? And then I had an internship at this shipping company, at this like industrial intermediary shipping company. Mm. And so that was cool. And then outside of that, I think in my cohort there were only, I think there were six of us. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna try to, try to like fluff it up. WashU gave us a lot of money mm-hmm. to just do, right? The, the whole purpose of this trip, at least from my perspective, was to kind of like start the program off right. And because there's only six of us, the budget was really big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we, we did a lot of stuff while we were in that, um, while we were in that country. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I worked, I went out, I hung out, I went to these expat bars. Keep in mind, I'm 19. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... <laughs> I'm trying to think. I used to, um, I have, I have a saying that I say that I felt like, have you ever seen Mary Tyler Moore? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. Well, basically just, just again, I'm I'm aging myself here. No, it's okay. Well, so, okay. So the Mary Tyler Moore show was a show in like the seventies about this woman, this white woman They got a job working on this TV station and Mm -hmm. she was like. She was like the first woman class, um, first work, first professional class woman like working, and so that that was like her whole to do, and she was making it, mm-hmm. right? And like I can say I spent a lot of time in Shanghai feeling like I was making it. Hmm. You know, I'm black, I'm gay, I'm from the hood. I'm in Shanghai walking around like like I like I live here. You know, like I, like I run a place. Yeah, I had I had a ball. I had a ball there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that must have been a good feeling, feeling like. You know, you're making it and also having that uh, funding. Could you kind of do whatever, you know, <laughs> not
0: having to worry I, about that? So how it worked was they funded big things, mm-hmm. but then little things they didn't fund. Right. Mm. So they gave us money, but then I ran out of money for food. But like luckily in Shanghai, if you're a student, you can absolutely survive of like $3 a day eating. Mm. And that's like that's going out every day. And then if you cook your own food, you can definitely, like, if you buy, if you cook your own food and you eat like the Chinese, right, you learn how to make some Chinese dishes, mm-hmm. you can absolutely eat off for, like, I don't know, $10 a week mm-hmm. if you if, if you want to.
2: Okay. So you were able and, to make it work.
0: Oh, yeah, I made it work. It was, yeah. it, it was a good time.
2: So this was like a, like you said, a, a new campus that WashU had created in Shanghai. You said it was kind of more like an office building of sorts? Right? Yeah. So it was. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to ask like where you were staying. Like where were you living during this time?
0: So they had, so they had student dorms. Okay. And so there was an international student dorm complex that were, it was basically, you know, there were three decent sized rooms Mm. and then with the living room and a dining room and a kitchen and then an area to do laundry. It was in, let's say, three or four 25 story buildings. And, which I'm, Talking all coming back to me. And I stayed <laughs> on the 15th floor. So I stayed with two other, two other students.
2: Okay. And, um, oh, Lord have is Were you taking classes and also during the internship at the same time? Or was there yes. like a part of? Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know if it was like you took class for a period of time. And then once that was done, the rest of the semester was for the internship. But it was, it was concurrent. Okay.
0: Yeah. So how it, how it basically worked was, so because the program was so new, Mm-hmm. So the university that we were at, Fudan, they had their own international student, um, let's say international student program. But then WashU, I guess, again, they wanted to do their own thing. So we lived with other international students, but we didn't take classes with them. Hmm. We only took classes with WashU professors. Then we had our internships at our various companies. And then we had to take an internship like class, I guess, at another university across town. Hmm. So while she would pay for us to take taxis to the other university across town, excuse me, or they would pay for us to take taxis to our internships when we felt unsafe. Shanghai is like the safest city in the whole world. There, there were was still unsafe. Hmm. But you know, I think it's one of those added protections.
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. So I got the I got to see the whole city. Like I said, by, by the end of my time there, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't Mister Shanghai. You could not You could <laughs> <You couldn't. laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay. So you felt very much like comfortable there and like, you're not just like a random tourist. Like you feel like you know the city way more than than previously.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I lived in Shanghai. Yeah. You know, I took buses and trains. I, at that point, you know, that was the best my Mandarin ever was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could talk to people, you know, superficially, but like I could have, you know, a decent conversation about the weather, where you're from, you know what are you doing today? How do we get to do such and such and such and such? I could complain, you know. I could um, I could I could do the city.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and do you feel you you'd already been there for a week previously? So yes. did it feel like you were just building on that experience in terms of getting to know Shanghai, or was it like completely fresh and new?
0: So I think because when I went during spring break. Mm. It was such a curated experience. Yeah. That I think it almost felt like I was starting over.
1: Mm. You know,
0: obviously like the bath at the Shanghai like that doesn't that doesn't dissipate. But mm. the intimidation of the city had waned considerably mm. by that point.
2: Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, in terms of your your internship, is that something is that something they arranged for you or did you d- pick the Company that you ended up being an intern for?
0: Yeah. So again, hindsight, I don't recall how any of this worked. That's alright. No, so, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. So I ended up picking that company.
1: Yeah.
0: So basically, what they asked us to do was like, like list the top three choices of things we think, places we think we'd want to work, hmm. like or intern at, rather. And I got the company. It was at that point a tech startup. I'm not sure what you call it now. I guess it's just a supply company, mm-hmm. but it's based out of Boston called Panjiva. It's basically just doing intermediary work. the The internship didn't didn't pay much of anything at all, but it paid something. So you know that's something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And so a few times a week I would go down there, and then there was there was another another American guy there. You know we just. I'm, I'm putting work in quotation marks because our coworkers, you know, the, the Chinese nationals, they were working. Mm. You know, you could very much so tell that they were trying to model the office, um, the office culture off of the United States, mm. but also it was very much so a Chinese working situation. You know, and I, I think the style of working in China or the style of the style of office work in Asia is different than the style of office work in the United States. A lot of times,
1: mm.
0: it was just kind of the Americans sitting in the back, like goofing off. I mean, we work too, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it was, it was definitely a different experience.
2: Okay. Like when you say like a Chinese style work environment, or I guess like the work environment that's common to, to Asia in general, like what, what do you mean by that? What are, what were some of the differences that you noticed?
0: So to be rather, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to imply that Americans don't work, but they work (laughs) a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> right and so you know I, I've had various of the office jobs before mm. but there was this sense of i want to say seriousness or almost this sense of um this i don't want to say duty because to make this sound too dramatic mm. but you know many of them worked from nine to nine you know it was one of those things where like you could tell people were at work you know as opposed to I'm trying to trying to give an example have you seen the office by any chance?
2: Yes, I have.
0: Okay. So you could tell there were there weren't that many Stanley's in the office. You know, there weren't <laughs> many people who were like, look looking at the clocks and All righty, it's five, don't talk to me. And it was a lot more, a lot more, a lot more Dwight's in their in their work ethic, not in their behavior. Okay. But like in their in their work ethic. Okay. It was like, I'm here for this job.
1: Hmm.
0: And it was more, and I I don't think I've ever experienced um, a work situation in the U.S. that was comparable. Mm. Okay. And apparently a lot of um, a lot of places in Asia work very similarly to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot about... Um, as I think I mentioned to you I studied in Japan. I didn't do an internship there. But, you know, Did so I I'm more familiar that. with the... Um, I didn't? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I'm f- somewhat familiar, like, with how it goes in Japan just from, like hearing other people's stories, but I I just figured I'd ask because I don't know about China specifically, and you you experienced it, so that's why I figured I'd um, see what that was about.
0: So, okay. How was Japan for you?
2: Japan was it, was, it was great. It was hard at first. Um, I remember, like, full disclosure, I, I was, like, reading some of your writing on your website, and I saw- I had to you. take
0: that website down. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> Okay,
2: please continue. Oh no, I was just saying cuz <laughs> I, I read about you you know getting stared at and people asking you to take pictures and touch your oh hair. Oh my god. And I don't think I had anyone No, I I had one, might have been more than one, but for sure one experience where it was someone asked to touch my hair. And I got stared at a lot and that took a lot to get uh to get used to. Um But yeah, once I got over that, I was like
0: <laughs> you know, I had a good time. <laughs> what, what, what you get over there, you know, you kind of chilled out a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the staring, mm. right? What, what part of Japan where you went?
2: I was in Shiga, which is near Kyoto.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. So, you know, in Shanghai, they don't stare at you. They stare. They definitely do stare. Mm. But they don't stare at you that much. You know, initially, like in Beijing, in Beijing, they will stare you down. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of places in Asia, you know, as, I'm, as, as you know, it isn't it isn't as rude to stare. Mm-hmm. You know, folks don't like being stared at back. But, you know, it isn't it isn't a, a deal breaker. And that did takes some getting used to. Mm-hmm. I tell people at my core, I am a huge introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, I can talk, carry a conversation. But at my core, I don't want to be looked at. I don't want to be seen. You know, I just want to kind of like stay in my own little comfy little bubble. Mm-hmm. And somebody staring at me bursts my bubble because like yeah. it's like a it's like a hey, I'm looking at you, the person.
1: Yeah, you now exposed. you have to acknowledge
0: that. And so that was it did it, 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 it take a bit to um to get used to. But outside of Shanghai, oh yeah, they will they will stare you down. They will stare you <laughs> up and down. <laughs>
2: Oh man! Not just staring, but just very like obvious and prolonged. Like you know, here if some, if you catch someone staring at you, they might look away or make an excuse for why they were looking China, at you. They will wave.
0: at you. <laughs> I, Honest to goodness, you will. They will. They will see you staring at. They will see you seeing them stare at you. Mm-hmm. You stare back, and they will wave. <laughs> and you know, it, it, at some point, right? It does. I would say 80% of it didn't feel malicious at all, right? Mm-hmm, right. You know, it's literally just like a, oh, a black person, an African, mm-hmm. look at that hair. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had people ask me, I kid you not, do you perm your hair? As mm-hmm. in, do I perm it to make it curly?
2: Right.
0: <laughs> and my responses are very firm, absolutely not. No ma'am, no sir. And, but you know, I guess it's like, how I how I kind of thought of it was like seeing a black person in China, particularly again outside of like more touristy parts of Shanghai.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's kind of like seeing seeing an elephant in the hood. You know, it's <laughs> like you've always heard of them. You know, they exist somewhere, mm-hmm. but now here is one right outside of your favorite restaurant. You're probably going to stare, but also I'm not I'm not a F and elephant. You know, I'm a human. Right. So the the difference is it's there, but. I didn't find it to be too jarring. Yeah. In Shanghai.
2: Okay. Um, oh, I meant to say earlier, I'm really loving all the pop culture references that you're you're bringing out. We went from we went from what Sagwa to Mary Tyler Moore and The Office. <laughs> I really, you know I really think that's that's clever you know a clever way for you to illustrate the points you've been making. All these different pop culture references. It's really shows y'all
0: watch too much drug on TV. <laughs>
2: It means you're culture. That's what it Very means. There we go. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to mention that. As far as your classes, because this was like a Washi... You were uh, learning from Washi professors. So was it just like regular classes you would take back in the States anyway? Or were they like specific to your like China experience?
0: They were, no, they were definitely specific to China. Okay. So I took... So obviously I took a... Um, Took a Mandarin
1: course.
0: hmm Excuse me. We took a Chinese economy class that was taught by a professor at the university. But it was it was but it was, it was only the Washer students in the in the class though. Okay. And we took you know, hindsight, I I think I think I could have logged into my old <laughs> oh Uh, that's okay (laughs) look at my transcript see what i took oh
2: you don't have to remember everything you know thank you thank you just asking questions that's all (laughs) (laughs) yeah it seems like that was like um just a really like robust time for you oh i remember i was about to ask um so, you know, you, you spent some time, you spent a longer time there. You said you kind of felt like you were Mr. Shanghai, like this was your city now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, what were some of your favorite things to do in Shanghai or may, maybe even your favorite places to go? If you if you developed any you know, favorites during that time.
0: Yeah. So I think. OK, well, so like in Chicago, I'm from, I'm from the west side in this neighborhood called Austin. Hmm. And you know Austin is pretty decently um. I promise you this this is this is this is gonna go somewhere. Okay. Austin is pretty decently um decently populated, like densely populated rather. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of knows each other, and so that's kind of the vibe that I kind that I got at least around my little community. You know there were there are a ton of little shops by the international dorms, a little restaurant that you know that served you some food for like two three dollars, and so you know. When I go to a restaurant, I say, hi, what's your name? You know, folks are surprised you ask their name. So then, you know, you kind of build build rapport. And so, you know, I used to, I used to enjoy just hanging out around there with like with, with the Chinese folks. Then outside of that, though, I used to go out. You know, I had no idea how much being African-American outside of the United States, how much cachet that comes with. Hmm. And I used it. So I used to go clubbing. There's, there, there are these chain of clubs in Shanghai called the the M, so M one, M two, M three. You go, you go to the Ms. I would kind of play up the American accent. I get it. It's it's a privilege. It is absolutely a privilege. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can acknowledge it. As one of my old coworkers said, you know, when she went to um to the Netherlands and got treated well, black black woman, she said, and I quote, "Patrick, I ain't got too many privileges in the U.S. If I got some overseas, yeah, I'm gonna use it." And <laughs> that's kind of how well... I felt in Shanghai. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I had a ball. I would go to restaurants, you know. I would go places to feel fancy. Mm-hmm. So the tire, so the highest, um, the highest hotel in the world is a Hyatt, and I think it's in like the Chinese World Trade Center or the Chinese Center, but it's it's, it's really high, like ninety-five stories up. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, I would just go there. I would get on train. I would go there. I would put on decent, decent-ish clothes. Not, not. I wouldn't dress up, but you know, a nice sweater. Mm-hmm. And I would go there and have some, like, $7 tea and look out over the city and go, yes, I do deserve to look out over the city 95 (laughs) stories up. So I would do stuff like that. What else would I do? You know, there was this international bar near the student dorms called Helen's. And Helen's was just a really cool place to meet people. So you could go there and get your, quote, unquote, American food. Um, you know, get some beer, get some alcohol. You know, I w like 'cause I wasn't a big drinker. Mm. You know, I didn't really drink at all. That's not true. I didn't drink <laughs> to that frequency. Okay. Like during freshman, yeah, opposed to when I did it in Shanghai. Mm. So, you know, you go there, you get a table, get a beer, get like a little five dollar pizza, and then you just talk to folks. You know, and then you know, you meet people, so then they would so then you go out with them, you meet these Chinese nationals who will want to Kind of, you know, be cool with, with, with the Americans, particularly with the old black American from Chicago. Mm. And, you know, so then they invited to like the little house parties. Some of them are really cool. Yeah, I would, I would go out. I would, I would do my thing.
2: Yeah. it sounds like so much fun.
0: <laughs> and let me tell you, it was a lot more fun than I would have had sitting back at the university. I can tell you that.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. I'm wondering, you know, since you mentioned that this was kind of like an escape for you in terms of like dealing with your sexuality and all that. I don't know if being in Shanghai, if that helped you kind of embrace who you are more or was it something you just didn't think about at all?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. So by like my second month there, Hmm. I was like, Patrick, you know what? This is it you are about to go out there and you are going to at least try to like do something. Hmm. And so, you know, I have some own... I'm 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 not gonna tell, tell all my story. I'm trying to keep it PG. Okay. But, um, <laughs> I have some um, I have some adventures in Shanghai. Okay. <laughs> and you know there there there's this one adventure at this party I went to. It was a, it was a fancy 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 party. Mm-hmm. You know China has a lot of you know China got relatively wealthy very quickly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so like that that upper echelon of new of new money in China, they really do want to um, kind of like it, it, it was this rap song I used to reference. But like you know, you, you, you've heard like the trope of rap songs be like, "Oh, I used to have no food, but now I get now I'm in a Ferrari." Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, well, the thing is, in China, it, it, it's like a very similar sentiment with a lot of stuff
1: and mm-hmm. a
0: lot of people. So you go there, you can tell like they're spending all this money to show that they're not poor.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, the wastefulness of it, withstanding. You know they do they do some fa- some fine parties, mm-hmm. so you know I would go to these parties and I would just be like, this is this is fancy. And so I had I had an experience with a guy at a party there that I was like, wow, it, it, it was another one of those like, wow, Patrick, you are living a life,
1: mm. you are
0: like alive, you know. Yeah. And yeah, trying to trying to trying to help me a lot, trying to help me a whole lot.
2: Oh, I'm glad. I'm I'm really glad that that could be helpful to you in that way, not just in terms of getting to travel somewhere and live in a new place but even in terms of like embracing your own identity and all that that's that's wonderful. I'm glad that you got that chance. Um, yeah. So wait, okay, so this is just cuz I'm curious because I was reading some of your stuff. Why why do you want to take your website down?
0: So, okay. Back back track. So, you know, I traveled, I traveled around, mm-hmm. traveled to a lot of places from 2018 to basically like January 2020, right, right, up, right up until COVID, yeah. And, you know, I was trying to do this thing where I was like traveling around the world and I would keep these blogs, but then I was trying to take pictures. Then I was trying to like record videos and then it all went nowhere quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, you know, I'm going to like... Start a YouTube channel or start something, but um, the reason why I said I want to take down the um, my writing, I think it would have been it would have been very different had I not been trying to like curate. I don't want to say feigned intellectualism, but like curate this something with that blog while traveling from country to country, because it was like I was a lot more stressed writing a lot of those things, than like mm-hmm. I, I I gave myself credit for. It. Yeah. And in hindsight, I would look back on my time there and I, and I would think to myself, God, Patrick, you, you were you were doing a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think like now that I've had time, like post post my big trip, you know, to really calm down and to relax. I think I'm going to start over. But well, I haven't started over. I just have to publish some stuff and get my get my get my get my mind right.
2: Yeah. OK, well, I hope you do do that I mean from the few things that I read on there it was like okay this is nice like you know when I was reading it it was like it felt like okay this is a person who writes um I can feel you on the whole like maybe the the perils of being a travel blogger or or would-be travel blogger it seems that you were attempting to do and how how strenuous that can be Maybe a lot of times, like, the, the words are just a, a vehicle for the content, right? But I don't know. For some reason, I was reading some of your stuff and I was like, oh, like, this is like. I don't know. This is a thoughtful person who writes, and they just also happen to travel as well. This is thank you. Is good. So
0: I don't I, know. I, I, I really needed that today. Honestly, thank you.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> just telling it how I how I experienced it. You know, so you don't have to listen to me. Take your dire- Take whatever direction you want. But I hope that you do get to you know continue writing and all that all that jazz. Thank you. I really
0: appreciate that, you. I really really do.
2: Yeah, I know it's my pleasure um so as you mentioned like you kept traveling after after your semester in shanghai did china did your semester in shanghai make you want to continue traveling or was that just something you would already decided for yourself like i'm a traveler this is what i'm gonna do so kind of okay
0: okay i feel like my last big pop culture reference Okay.
2: You, you don't have to limit it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Did you ever watch a show called Current? No, not a show. I like a, a TV station. Current. Current. No, I don't think so. Okay, don't worry about it. So I mean, <laughs> I it, it, um, the station got canceled. So like, obviously, a lot of folks didn't watch it. Mm. But it was it was a station that was put on by Al Gore, hmm. and it was supposed to be like. National Geographic meets, like, older, millennial, younger Gen X. Hmm. And so it was show all these Americans traveling all around the world, you know, doing fun things. And then they would have these little vignettes about, like, various things around the planet. And you know, not to be that black guy, you know, compare with to, to white folks, but, like, everyone in these vignettes were some white folks. Hmm. Like, all of them. You know, I remember being, like, 13, 14, 15, saying, you know, when I get good and grown, I'm going to travel around the whole world and I'm going to see all this stuff, too. I can do it. If they, you know, to quote many, a, many a elder, you no, know, they ain't no better than I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And <laughs> so to show, you, to show you how that all worked out for me, I was um I was working in St. Louis. I was working, I was working for this company called Square. They own the cash app. And I realized this is going to sound absolutely insane. I realized that they had been paying me a lot more than I thought they were paying me. Mm -hmm. They were paying um, a lot of tech companies, you know, they'll they'll pay you in equity. And again, I I, I don't want to diminish myself, which I I didn't know how stocks worked. Mm -hmm. And so all of it kind of just sat in an account. You know, one day I was I was like going through my stuff and I, and I I just saw this like number in an account. And so I went to work, I asked my coworkers, went back and forth and, you know, they were like, Patrick, that's, that's yours. And like, I couldn't <laughs> compute that it was like mine to do stuff with. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just let it sit there for a much longer time. And then one thing led to another. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to travel around the whole world. Hmm. I'm going to do it. Literally. Why not? Yeah. And that's how, that's how that worked out for me.
2: Wow. So that's how you were able to go to all those. What did you say? Forty countries at this point. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I do have one specific thing I wanted to ask about in regards to your many travels, don't because for it. I saw a video on Instagram of you getting your hair done in Dubai. I don't hello, know if you hello. remember that. I do remember that. Can you talk about that moment? Because I thought it was so endearing. But it's also quite random (laughs) since, you know, you're in Dubai of all places and you're getting your hair done by, I guess, a new friend that you had made at that time.
0: Yeah. So by that point, by the the point I was in Dubai, Hmm. I had been through like all of Asia, all of Southeast Asia and a little bit of India. Hmm. And I was tired. I was like, I'm tired of people. I'm tired of societies. I'm tired of like trying to figure out this world around me. I'm just tired of this species, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was in Dubai and I was like, I wanna find me, you know, not, not even not even like romantically or anything. You know, I was like, I just wanna find me another black American man that I can just sit and talk to. For just mm-hmm. like just sit and chat with, right? Cause I, I, I and and spoken to to, you know, anyone like me in months. Oh yeah. And too. luckily I found this dude and he had this huge fro, right? At that point, like to be honest with you, my hair was looking a mess. It was, oh. it was, it was, it was like I would look at it in hindsight, and I would go, "Patch." Now I get it. You were traveling, you were stressed, but you don't have to. You have to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, found it. Found this dude, and he was just like, "Yeah." He was like, "We're the same age," and he was working in Dubai as a waiter. He's, he's from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Look." He was like, Do you want me to come over and do your hair? And I said, Would you? And he was like, Yes, yes, I would. And oh. so we sat sat on Dubai. Um, after the little Airbnb. It was only like $80 a $80 a day, but it was it was it was, it was a decent Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And oh, after quick aside to the listeners, Dubai is not as expensive as people would would like make it out the scene. It's just expensive to get to. There's mm-hmm. something throw out there for folks. Okay. But um, and he was like, okay. And I was like, well, if you'll do my hair, you know, let's do it outside. You know, let's, let's like look at, the, um, look at the water while you do it. Wow. And that was it.
2: That's so, that's wonderful. I'm glad you were able to find someone to link up with and, you know, get your hair right. <laughs> 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 um yeah, uh, I can understand with you traveling and everything, you might not have had the means or the time or energy to really.
0: I wasn't focus coming out any that. of that, any of it. <laughs> it, it. It was dry, possibly broke off. It, it was a mess. It was a mess.
2: <laughs> so you found someone to do it for you. That's, huh? that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it was, why that video was so endearing to me. I was just like, Oh, that's so sweet that you, I think for me, cause the way I think of it is like, you know, a lot of times that's a concern that black women have when they travel somewhere or they move, like, to another country. It's like, okay, where am I going to get my hair done or how am I going to wear my hair so that it lasts? You know, that's a very common concern for, like, black women travelers. And then just to see, like, these two, you know, black men have this moment where they're just chilling and, you know, working on the hair. And I don't know. That was just very sweet to me. So I wanted to ask you about that. Thank you.
0: I to bring it up. You know... <laughs> If, if for any of those, like, black women that are, like, or black men or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. that, are, that are concerned about their hair, I'm going to say this, and when I say this, folks always first out laughing with me, right? And, like, I, I also also depend on your background. You know, I tell people, 4A, 4B, and 4C hair isn't exclusive to the United States. Mm. And, you know, if, if you're, like, a woman rocking a natural, you know, you got to sew in, you got to this, you got to that, blah, 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 blah. blah. I guarantee you that there's probably someone from the continent of Africa and mm-hmm. every single city that you go in on the planet
1: yeah.
0: that could go over there and do your sewing for you. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's, it, I, I know hair has such a, um has such a big, you know, culture around it, such, such a big history, such a lot of, lot of trepidation behind it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, I say it's some protein that grow out of your scalp. Mm-hmm. Somebody can do it. <laughs> and most likely, it's probably gonna find you know someone from somewhere who probably most likely a woman who needs to make some extra money who at a bare minimum can braid up your hair for you and comb it out for you at a bare minimum.
2: Yeah. So the resources are there, I guess, in terms of you know finding people to get your there. hair done.
0: So just don't imagine. don't 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 let the hair have you missing out on, on a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on ahead and do it.
2: Yeah, definitely not that. <laughs> don't do that. Um okay. And you're you're currently in Berlin now, right? Yes. Um I I wanted to ask you about that, but before that, uh <laughs> going back to, to some of the stuff I was reading on your website, you you went bit, I'm sorry. <laughs> if it's embarrassing to talk
0: about, we we don't have to bring it up. Oh in. no, no. At this point I'm 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 an open book. Okay. So,
2: I saw that you had gone to China. You went to China again and you were like Climbing mountains or something. Yeah.
0: So at this point, I think honestly, that this 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 is gonna be a flex. Okay. I think I have seen more of the country of China, of the People's Republic of China, than ninety nine point nine nine percent of Chinese folks. I have seen it.
1: Wow. I
0: have been Beijing, Nanjing, Suzhou, Lanzhou, Kashgar, Ronshi, um Xi'an. I, didn't, I actually didn't go to Xi'an. I went to Jiangsu, which is near mm. I went to Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau. I've been on Hui. I've been... Have, have you seen Avatar? Um, the movie with, with, with the blue aliens?
2: Oh, no. I, I know okay. of it because of uh, the phenomenon that it was, but I've never actually sat down to watch it.
0: If you ever watch it, you're going to see these mountains that look like, that look like they're in space. They're not in space. They're in China. Mm-hmm. Been there too. <laughs> been there, seen it. Wow. And yeah, it was it was It was cool. It was interesting.
2: Yeah, it was. It. I mean, have, have I climbed a mountain before? I think I've only climbed like maybe two mountains in my life, but they weren't very high. I'm just curious about how strenuous th- those experiences were for you.
0: <laughs> oh, it's not funny. So there's this um, there's this mountain called like Tianza. It's like the heavenly mountain or something. I, I at one point I knew, <laughs> and but basically it's this mountain. And it's supposed to have inspired like thousands of poets, yada, yada, yada. And I kid you not, this actually happened. So there were, there were two ways of, of getting up the mountain. Mm. You can either take the stairs or you can take the cable car, right? Mm. So, you know, when I was back in China in 2018, you know, China's, China's economy is doing well, it's growing, prices are going up. So back in the day, you know, I could have expected to go into that little, um, to that like mountain range park. Pay like fifteen, twenty dollars, and got for the whole day, right? Mm-hmm. Those days are dead. So <laughs> now you go to expect to pay like sixty. Oh wow! So initially, I was like, anything sixty dollars for for um for to, to go to a mountain? No, ma'am. I'm gonna take these stairs. And so the lady, um, the lady that worked at, at the ticket counter, she was like, "Now you know the stairs are really hard." And I was like, "I'm a man. I'm a strong man. I can take these stairs." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a five-hour trip up the stairs, and I kid you not—I got an hour and a half going up them stairs. I uh, everything every, every every muscle in my leg was like, I'll ever kill you. Mm. Don't take another step. <laughs> <laughs> so I say I say all that to say I didn't really climb the mountain because I took the cable car up.
2: Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty though. though.
0: I tried. I, I gave it the old college try. I did it. <laughs> Point is, I got up the mountain, and then once you get up the cable car, there are there are some more stairs. I did. I did those stairs, okay. the, the mini stairs up the mountain.
2: All right, going up mountains in China, and like you said, you've been like all over. That's um wow. Do you feel like China is the country that you've seen the most of
0: so far? Um, it's a good question. I'm trying to think. Maybe second may, would maybe be Vietnam. because Vietnam, you know, it's like it's like a chili. So you, once you see like a good portion of it, um, hmm. no, no, China. That definitely China. Definitely China. Actually.
2: Okay. Yeah. All
0: right.
2: And and you're in Berlin now. Uh, Doc. Is that just because you felt like living in Berlin, or I don't know? Like, what are you doing? And
0: what are you doing in, you doing in Germany? I ain't That rich. <laughs> I, I, Lord, oh. no. So. Basically, I'm I'm here getting the masters.
1: Oh, okay, um, good for yeah. you. That's awesome.
0: It was um I was so you know COVID hit, and so the kind of COVID hit when I was in Brazil, mm. and so I was like, all right, let me, let me just going on home. I'm tired of doing this anyway. Then I went home. To, I went home to, to to my mama's house. I was staying with my mama, mm. and I was like, oh my god, I've been in the house with my mama for eight months. I am going insane, <laughs> and. <laughs> A friend of mine was like, "Hey, a friend of mine was like, why 'Why don't you go get a mattress in Berlin?'" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I haven't applied yet." Blah 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 blah. blah boo, boo. He was like, "It's free, and they'll most likely accept you." And I said, "It ain't free." He was like, "Oh, baby, it's free." <laughs> and <laughs> can you believe it's free? I so, believe it. <laughs> I am currently in Berlin, sitting in my room right now.
2: Yeah, getting
0: a master's. Wow. Getting a master's.
2: Oh, that's awesome! Good for you! Congrats on you know getting accepted into grad school and moving to Germany and everything. Thank you, um, thank you. Do you mind mentioning what your master's is in?
0: Yeah, so my master's is in North American economics.
2: Oh, okay, way over my head. Okay, uh-huh, <laughs> good uh-huh, for you. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. It is. Um. <laughs> it is so like it's like. So the main title is like North North American studies, then I oh. chose to specialize in economics. Yeah. And it's I promise you it's not that hard. It's not.
2: That's what people who are into economics say, but I feel like I just I was never someone who like had a really like in depth grasp of economics. So whenever I hear someone study economics or is an economist, I'm just like, Oh, okay, that's really impressive.
0: <laughs> what I tell people is it's like Three equations that just got to memorize, and then read the paper, and then read the paper. That's it. <laughs> don't don't overthink it. Just 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 do the reading.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, how long how long has it been since you moved to moved to Berlin? Honestly, not that
0: long. I got here in like October.
2: Okay, so it's been a handful of months. H- had you been to visited Berlin before you moved?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So I was I was in Berlin whenever Pride was. So that was it had to be in July or August of twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah, so I've been in Berlin before. Actually I, I really, really, really like the city. I like yeah. it a lot.
2: What do you like about it?
0: It's um well, you know, when things are open when it's not coronavirus.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Um
0: <laughs> the city is like really, really free. Like it's just like there's this airbone live and let live. But in, very confined, in a very confined German way. So it's like, you will see somebody outside, you know, drunk, high on whatever. And, you know, dressed in like some elaborate outfit coming coming from some club.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they won't jaywalk. Because they know that you don't jaywalk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's like, the like cities, like, we don't care if you party. We don't care if you do whatever. We don't care if you have these grand elaborate demonstrations. We don't care if you like do whatever. But here are these like... Ten things that you just don't do, and I really, I really like that. <laughs> mm. Plus, the city is beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful, and it's cheap. It's really cheap.
2: Is it okay? Yeah, I would not consider a major European city such as Berlin to be cheap, but
0: where now? Remember, the Berlin Wall only came down like what thirty years ago. Thirty
2: years ago, yeah, yeah.
0: And you know, there is there are still people in the city. I think we're older now, mm. but people that grew up grew up under under, under communism.
1: Yeah.
0: And so they many of them didn't have a strong concept of money mm-hmm. or a strong concept of currency, you know, until many years after the wall fell. Yeah. But it isn't like the government of Germany could just like well, they could. But it isn't like they, they could just like like the capitalist class come in and just buy up all the property. So mm-hmm. property has stayed pretty cheap.
2: I see. Is your program for is it like a year two years? That you're, it was two years. Two years. So you're for sure going to be in Germany for 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 two years. Yeah. <laughs> and then beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I guess I don't know how the virus has affected your future plans. But I mean, just thinking about, you know, where you'd like to go, do you have any other places in mind that you'd like to visit or potentially move to after you or while you're in Germany or after you move on from Germany?
0: Honestly, I think once I come back, mm. I think I'm going, I think I'm going to be done. Okay. So yeah, so I'm definitely coming back to the States, probably Chicago, maybe, I don't know yet. This is, this is, this this, this is going to sound like real, um, maybe, 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 maybe pretentious. Mm. You know, there, there are, there are a lot of things like I've learned about myself as a black man. I learned a by about myself about the United States. -hmm. Learned about myself, you know, as African American man, you know, all those intersections with that, and you know, I want to, I want to come back and help my community. Mm. I'm not sure what that looks like yet. You know, this isn't like me saying, "and I'm going to run for alderman," but like, (laughs) you know, it's like, but there, there are things about the U.S. that I'm not the biggest fan of, and I want to see if I can throw my hand at changing some of it somehow. Yeah,
2: yeah, you want to do your part, so do my part. Yeah, I don't think that's pretentious at all. I feel like a lot of people have that desire, especially black people who've been able to, to travel or, I don't know, achieve something in their field and they feel like they want to give back in some way. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's not pretentious at all. Um, especially since you're, you know, you're from there, like you're from Chicago. It's not like you're coming from like, I don't know. Who knows? And just like infiltrating a, a neighborhood no. somewhere, being like, "I'm here to save you and show I you the have way." I come down
0: from on high. No. <laughs> you know, I was um I was talking with my cousins a few months ago,
1: hmm.
0: and I just told them and I was like, you know, the United States. Now, this is this. I promise you, I'm, I'm, I won't get will political. <laughs> but I said, like, you know, the United States holds one third of the world's wealth. Right? Of hmm. all the wealth in all the world, United States has a third of it. And then, you know, then I look at my community and I'm just like, there's absolutely no reason we should live like this. Mm-hmm. It's like outside of, you know, how bad it is that one country has a third of the world's wealth. And then us within this country, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to deal with these, um, with these traumas. We, yeah. we shouldn't.
2: No, absolutely not. I totally agree with you. So I hope that whenever you do come back to the States, that you are able to. <clears throat> I mean, you have time, I guess, to decide exactly what, what it is or how it is that you want to help, but I hope that that proves to be successful and also um, rewarding, like fulfilling for you. So. Dankeschön. No. <laughs> no problem. I don't know how to say you're welcome in German. So. You
0: say Bita. P- huh? B- Bitte. Huh? B-I-T-T-E. Bitte. Oh, be- like Dunker
2: Vita Shane Vita Shane. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, thanks. You're teaching me something today. <laughs>
1: <Hey>. <laughs> Appreciate
2: that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, okay. Well, thinking back to you, you know your your times studying in in China, or even just traveling around. Um, for someone who wants to have similar experiences that you've had, how do you how would you advise going about being able to afford? Doing those things,
0: so okay. What I what I tell people is, the money isn't the, the money. Won't be an issue. It's going to be your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, let's say that you know there's there's some guy from I don't know Cleveland. I'm not sure about Ohio's okay, in my mind. <laughs> there's, there's some guy from Cleveland, right? He's 22 years old. It's like, man, Pat, I've always wanted wanted wanted, wanted to go to Thailand for a little bit, and I would say, as an American, if you wanted to, you could save up. You could save up two thousand dollars in three years and go to Thailand for um, for 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 a little while, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say you have to you have to prioritize it. And I say once you got over there, particularly to Asia, it is so easy to get a little job speaking English. I mean, a little like English speaking job somewhere. Even if you're black, you know. Even if you're Latino. But it depends on top of how, how you look when you're Latino. That's, that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But, um, and be like, as a person of color who speaks English, you can get a job, you know, the hardest part would be, like I said, finding the time to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons why I decided to take, like to take my big trip, you know, when I did was because I said, you know, I'm getting older and life kind of happens. Mm-hmm. And I would say, find the time to do it before life happens. Outside of that, you can save up between two to five Gs in in about five years. You know, I'm I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be easy, but I'm saying if if, if that's your goal, you can do it.
2: Mm, Okay. All right. And any other major takeaways you think you'd like to share from either like China specifically or your other travel experiences? Any major takeaways that come to mind?
0: I think overarchingly. Well, Unfortunately, I would tell folks don't be afraid. You know, don't be scared. This is this is this this is, this is going to sound real blunt. You know, I would tell folks what I, what I, what I've done or where I'm, where I'm going. Blah 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 blah. And I say, Patrick, you know, what what if they racist? Blah 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 blah. Hmm. And my response is always, they're racist in America, right? You know. <laughs> and, the, and the thing That's is, true. like, racism outside of outside of United States isn't as violent, or as, like. Life-altering.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, you may go somewhere, particularly in Southeast Asia. You may go somewhere, and you will see how well a white person is treated. And you're not not you won't necessarily be treated worse? You, no, you, you won't be treated poorly, but you won't be treated as well as they would treat you know, you know, like a European descendant, right? Hmm. And you know, so that 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 that'll be jarring, right? But I would say, but you're experiencing that in Southeast Asia. As opposed to experiencing that, you know, at the strip mall down the street. Hmm. Go do it. Go yeah. see it. You know, you you can have the best experience of your life, but you but you won't know that if you're sitting around worried about potential negative outcomes that you have no experience with.
2: Yeah. See, so for you, it's just you know you might as well go and
0: you might not as well be afraid. Go. Okay. Life is finite. Youth is physical. You might as well get busy using both.
2: Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I appreciate you sharing those insights I think I've asked you everything that I wanted to ask you today uh, except for um, one question which is where can people reach you or keep up with you online if you would like them to do so
0: um yeah I would say follow me on Twitter so my Twitter handle is does it so easily like D-O-E-S I-T-S-O E-A-S-L-E-Y my last name um I tweet a lot (laughs) <laughs> and you know i yes anyway see follow me on twitter
1: okay follow me
0: on instagram i don't really use instagram anymore but you'll see some some of my old travel photos that's pretty much it i may be coming out with a podcast or youtube channel eventually Ooh, okay. you,
1: know?
0: you know it's who 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 can say it's, it's it's been a year and a half since i've been done traveling yeah and not yeah. been a year and a half like a year and like an eighth but like <laughs> you know it, it's coming eventually it's coming okay. bye bye all right.
2: Well, you know, I'll be looking forward to it. Oh, what is your Instagram handle? I don't think you mentioned what your handle is on Instagram.
0: Um, Does it so easily. So it's Twitter and Instagram are the same. Oh,
2: it's the same. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for having me, Danielle. I really appreciate this. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I always hope people have a good time doing these things. I know it can be kind of nerve wracking, but you know, I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> You'd be surprised how frequently I talk about my trip or like anything that I've done. I just kind of like you know, I just I just, I just be somewhere sitting down.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm uh, glad to give you a chance to talk about your 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 travels and all that. It's been really um, it's been really fun and and fascinating. Listen to listening to uh, you talk about some of the things you've done. So. I know it's pretty late and, um, <clears throat> or I mean, whatever, it's getting late <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> where you are right now. So I'll let you enjoy the rest of your, your night. Yeah. I just hope you have a good evening and a good rest of your week or weekend since it's Friday now.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Danielle.
2: Yeah, no problem. You take care. All right, Patrick.
0: You too. Okay. Bye.
2: Bye. All right, y'all there it is. Thanks to Patrick for being such a wonderful guest and I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook and at YG Abroad on Twitter. And don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to this podcast wherever podcasts are. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So, for the next episode, in two weeks, the guest is going to be someone who is a journalist with roots in the Caribbean who spent an entire year abroad but she split it up. She spent a semester in China not in Shanghai this time and a semester in Spain. So you can look forward to hearing all about that in two weeks but until then thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.